0: to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast.
1: Mr. Big Voice in the Sky for your eloquent introduction, as always, here on the twenty four seven Sports College Football Podcast. Uh, Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, we're here in person, face to face at HQ. This is so exciting,
0: Chip. I'm a little starstruck, man. I've, I've like only seen you over video when we've been like doing multicasts and like Skype interviews and and doing the digital show. And now all of a sudden, here you are, and you have such smooth skin, and you have this like. <laughs> you have this salt and pepper hair and it's all it's everything I imagined it would be. And, and, uh, this is, this is fun, man. We've, uh,
1: we're going to be down here at, uh, the CBS sports digital headquarters. We are shooting some videos tomorrow. We are recording multiple podcasts, uh, and we're fired up to be doing this in person. Uh, normally, you know, we're trying to provide the, the smoothest possible flow that we can, but I think that, you know, in person, this is going to be some magical stuff. So, you know, seat geek and any other advertiser that wants to, line up <laughs> needs to listen to this because this will be like what we send out to all the potentials
0: pressure's on now, yeah, we gotta make sure the chemistry hits and uh yeah it's it's a you know and and again it's uh we are we actually it's Monday the day after or the 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 week after a lot of big scrimmages around college football, a lot of like- you know first or second like competitive settings, and so there are some. You know the the creams rising to the top a little bit. There's some frauds being exposed. There's some there's some real meaningful news coming out of the weekend. So
1: where do you think like is you've got 24/7's got boots on the ground everywhere. Uh Coaches occasionally like there are some that will give you some pretty good insights yeah. coming out of these scrimmages. You've got the SIDs that will give game write ups like it was the Super Bowl That's with right. like quotes coming from. Oh man, you should have seen this red shirt freshman on an 83 yard bomb to this walk on wide. Receiver, like there, there are lots of different uh, ways to glean information from different scrimmagers. In general, do you find them as a good resource for trying to figure out how these rosters and these depth charts are coming together?
0: Yeah, honest to God, I mean, I think if you look at the twenty four seven Sports Network and just dip in and out of message boards and and read the the reports coming out, I think that's as good of a a resource as any. But you also, you know, I, I like to talk to people I know around different programs. But even, even people who are, I mean, I've been in, in camp and I've seen it and the guys, you know, they'll be a freshman that just looks unbelievable and you're thinking, man, this kid's going to make a difference. And then whatever, like he doesn't know the blocking scheme well enough or he's, you know, he's, he's the, the backup dime and he just never sees the field. And like the guys that make these big impacts and make this splash in, in preseason camp, Sometimes they get to the, to the season and, and they're nowhere to be found. And so it's hard to weed through those guys. Like who are the guys that are really going to play a lot of snaps and be good? And who are the guys who are just camp all stars? And so that, that's, that's where it's tricky to figure out what's what.
1: Well, let's go ahead and, uh, we're talking about players that I'm making a buzz. <laughs> the camp buzz jingle is back at the Palatial Patterson Studios, so I got to give it to you on the acapella real quick.
0: It's even better in concert, man.
1: Um, so who's who's buzzing right now? Coming out of this first weekend where we just had those scrimmages, give give me the Barton Simmons camp buzz.
0: Okay, so let's go. How about to where are we gonna go? Where are we gonna go? Let's go to the ACC. All right, we're going to go down to Miami. We're going to go – this is – it's all about the offense in Miami. It's all about –
1: Because we feel so good about the defense. Right. like defensive front, we know they're great at defensive end. We know those linebackers that were all true freshmen a year ago are going to be studs all year, I mean, that's like, in terms of total defense, I favor in the ACC, like maybe a Clemson or a Florida State is right. like a tick better, but in terms of just a defensive front, man, I'll put Miami right up there with NC State as like in that conversation There's, for being nasty enough to to do some big things.
0: They're stacked, and we'll talk about the quarterback battle in a little bit, and that's obviously the most the, the important camp buzz, uh, uh, you know, maybe a, as anywhere in the country, but Another area where they had a chance to get some help, and it looks like they've gotten it, is Navon Donaldson at the offensive guard position. Oh. Massive, enormous offensive lineman that came in. And, and honestly, when, when you talk to people at Miami about him during the recruiting process, they're saying, this kid's got a chance to start first from day one. They almost expected it. And so he needed to come in and, and at least sniff some of those expectations and here he is, and it sounds like Navon Donaldson's pimpled in to the starting job down there at Miami at, at, at one of the offensive guard spots. So that I think is it's good and bad. It's good in the sense that the kid is, is as good as they expect him to be, and 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 he's better than who was who was there originally. Um, the only downside is now you, you know you're going to have a true freshman starting at offensive line, more than likely, and maybe a true freshman playing quarterback, too, so that's, that's a lot of true freshman. It's an important and role. And
1: this is a Miami offensive line that lost Nick Linder, uh, earlier this month. Kind of an, right. a, an abrupt transfer from a guy who's, his brother played there too. I feel like there have been multiple lenders at Miami.
0: Yeah, well, I think we've seen a few I think we've seen a Brandon
1: Linder and a Nick Linder. And I think maybe his estranged cousin Kevin was going to be a walk on. There's a something. lot
0: of Miami legacies. Like yeah. you, get them, you get a lot of Miami <laughs> families. He's one of them, I think. Yeah, yeah. So
1: he's, he was leaving. And I remember that was one of those things that drew my attention to the, uh position because you know you, you we we love uh Amon Richards wide receiver right there Mark Walton as as you're running back you're feeling good about him uh is Gus the Bus still lined up Gus Edwards
0: is he still down there
1: I don't know I
0: don't know I I mean yeah it, but the point point being yeah they have got they've got talent and they definitely got especially I think at, at receiver where there's some guys they can get the ball to um and they got to so they just got to protect the quarterback We'll talk about quarterback a little bit, but that, let's, you know, so that is, I think, good news, though, for Miami, that that this kid is rolling into town and he's ready to play. If
1: he can play as well as Shaq Corman played as a true freshman a year ago at linebacker, then goodness gracious. I think that'll
0: help Miami recruit, too, because now they're starting to bring in the guys and they're actually playing them as freshmen, and guys like to see that, and that's, I think that that will, will carry over, so... Uh, I, again, because they expected him to start, the fact that he is starting, I think, is is really good news. Um, now let's go SEC country, and I'll give you two guys at Auburn. There's already some good buzz coming out from that defense that it sounds like it's it's hadn't missed a step from last year. Continues to be a really good, really talented group. Big Cat Bryant, and if you go, it's if you go to Auburn's roster on their official website, that's his name. Dude's name is Big Cat Bryant. His name's
1: Big Cat. No, he's, 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 is, like, he can, uh, he, he can be a legend.
0: Yes. I mean, this is the beginning. Yeah. You got, if you got the nickname and that's like, that's the most important thing. All you got to do is just show up and just give it, give him a little taste. So Big Cat Bryant is, is already, uh, giving us some, some reason to be excited. He, he got like a couple sacks over the weekend in the scrimmage. I think he had a safety. He is, and, and a kid, and remember too, is one of those guys that Auburn landed on National Signing Day, really pulled an upset to get him. A lot of people thought he was going to go to Georgia, maybe LSU, and, and Auburn was pulled a big upset on Signing Day to land him, and, and already that's paying dividends. So that I think is big because they're going to need more depth. They're going to need more, more pass rushers. They got one in the big cat. And, Another kid that I'm really excited about that is sounds like he's too good to keep on on the bench is to Darian Moultrie, who is another kid who's actually a linebacker, looks like an absolute statue of a man. And, and he is good enough that he's going to roll down and, and be an edge rusher in addition to his linebacker duties. So they're already cross training him, moving him to different spots. And and I, I just think Auburn defensively, particularly in that front seven. I mean, they think this is the, one of the best linebacking cores they've ever had. Yeah. And
1: why, man? I think I might be sleeping on Auburn as a really, really good uh, defensive team this year.
0: I, I, I mean, I think people get caught up in who they lost, but man, Marlon Davidson was really, really good last year. Um, you know, they've got Byron Cowart. It's his time to. his yeah. so now or never For season. Sure. Yeah. Um, and these dudes can play at that, that are the freshmen that are coming in. So look, I, I don't know. I mean, I just think this is, this is further. I mean, Kevin Steele, I think has got a group of guys that is going to be, that are going to be really good. And, and if these two freshmen can come in and just even give some third down pop here and there, uh, Auburn, Auburn could be getting some good news this fall. I mean, that that's Clemson's going to get all they can handle there early in the season.
1: Hey, what's your pick there?
0: I've gone back and forth. I went from Clemson I went from Auburn preseason to Clemson. I, I started to warm up to them thinking, you know what, don't overthink it. Clemson's got the best D-line in the country and and forget about quarterback. But I don't know, man. I'm just I'm getting I'm getting close to picking Auburn again. I just think that's going to be a really good game and I I believe in Jarrett Stidham. The the, the newly anointed starting quarterback <laughs> at Auburn. They just announced it today. Breaking up all the suspense. No
1: more suspense. You cannot place bets on it. Uh, I got Clemson 27, Auburn 21. I just, I don't, I don't, I think that offense is gonna really struggle. Like, it, and they, they, they might pop the explosives to be able to get their points or maybe that defense ends up setting up a short field for them. But man, can, can you imagine an offense that base is based on running the ball, tempo and making the right reads? Uh, being able to effectively – how about this? Can you imagine Auburn being able to get an 85-yard touchdown drive off when at at the mesh point, at the (laughs) mesh point when Jarrett Stidham's trying to decide if he's going to hand the ball off or keep it? It's just – just Dexter Lawrence or Christian Wilkins has got his big paw in there at the mesh point ready to rip it out.
0: Look, I agree. I I mean, it's – but it's – here's the thing, though, is like Auburn is going to be – Everyone's, a, everyone's visualizing last year's Auburn team. You just described last year's Auburn team. Like the, you know, all about the run game. And, and, but what's Jared Stidham going to bring? Like it's, they're going to have, I think I saw.
1: Barton Simmons boy, noted Barton Simmons boy, right. Jared Stidham. That's my dude. Ranked. <laughs> number one quarterback. Ranked above Sam Darnold coming out of high school. Yeah, absolutely. I
0: think I saw that they had like two 99 yard pass plays in the scrimmage on Saturday. Where, I and mean, so,
1: which is what? Which is, a 5-yard pass with three missed tackles?
0: I don't know. I mean, who, who knows? Who knows? But but I mean, Jarrett Stidham can can throw the ball down the field and to I mean, but it's it's going to be a fun game because Auburn's offensive line is really physical. They are. I mean, good. they're they're a strong group. Um they they've got some diverse run game opportunities there and uh but I mean, it's a lot of strength versus strength stuff in that game. That's, that's one of my most, that's one of the early season games I'm most excited for. Uh,
1: well, you just mentioned the quarterback battle being closed out at Auburn. Uh, and you used, I mean, we're going to get to this in the question of the day. Uh, the, the prop game in 2017 in terms of, uh, the prop bets that are available out there, uh, across the various, um, places where you can make wagers are really incredible. You you know, this is – we haven't quite gotten to a Super Bowl level where you're going to be able to wager on heads or tails for Alabama-Florida State. Wouldn't be surprised if we see it as we get closer to that kickoff in Atlanta. But uh, one of the things you had was the quarterback battles. And I remember last time I checked in on the Auburn quarterback battles, uh, Jarrett Stidham, the overwhelming favorite there. That has obviously come true. But some of these other quarterback battles uh, are starting to take shape. Uh, we want to run through Five. Clemson, North Carolina, Florida, Miami, and LSU. We'll start with those Tigers because we were just talking about them for the Auburn game. I I think that of those five, that one is right behind Auburn as the next one to get wrapped up. Like, I think that when we go into the final week of camp, if it's not been announced, then we will feel very confident that Kelly Bryant is going to be the starter for not only week one where, you know, they get a little bit of a warm-up, but also for week two against Auburn.
0: Kelly Bryant's going to be the starter it, it, and I think there was so much made of the big time true freshman coming in and Hunter Johnson and what he was going to And, and do. late
1: push behind Zarek Cooper. And there late was late push yes. behind like Zarek Cooper and being someone to make some noise. People love
0: talking about Zarek Cooper. Yeah. Like you he, and, and hey, Zarek Cooper's got talent too, don't get me wrong. But they're going with the guy that's got the experience. This is a this is a team ready made for a national championship. And just because the guy had a broken finger or whatever in the spring game and missed a few balls doesn't mean that he's not the guy. They're going to go with the experienced hand. They're not going to throw – Hunter Johnson is a really talented kid, but he, he's, he is not a generational quarterback that you just have to get in the fold as a true freshman on a national championship caliber team. Um, they, they've, been, they've been coaching Kelly Bryan up enough to be ready for this. So I, I, to, in my opinion, that's one – where any drama surrounding that one is is a little manufactured, not by Clemson, right, but but by people wanting that to be something to talk about. I I, I would be shocked if it's not Kelly Bryant.
1: All right, I I agree with you right there. That's you with me? Yeah, I'm totally with. You. But in the warm up game, we're gonna get to see Hunter Johnson. We're gonna get to see Zarek Cooper.
0: In the in that in the opener, yeah. You think so?
1: Yeah, because they're gonna they're gonna get up by a bunch. They're going to be able to have an opportunity to, to get the backups in there. They'll be just enough to, uh, to give all the fans on the message board something exciting. I mean,
0: that'll be interesting because if, if, if we see Hunter Johnson, then
1: what if, if we see Kent State knock him off, then all of a sudden <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but... everything's gone. Uh, Kent State goes into Death Valley, upsets Clemson in the look ahead spot against Auburn. All of a sudden we're just calling for Hunter Johnson because Kelly Bryant threw two early picks. I don't see that happening.
0: But if if Ke- if Hunter Johnson plays in, in the Kent State game as one of three quarterbacks, I wonder if that's going to mean that he's not going to redshirt. And then you know they roll in and because uh, Kelly Bryant, if he wins this job this year, I mean, I guess you could conceivably see Hunter Johnson maybe beating him next year when Kelly Bryant's a senior. But I would still think Kelly Bryant goes in there as the favorite. So. I just think that that's really interesting how Clemson manages all this. Do they redshirt Hunter Johnson if he doesn't start? Do they play him to get separation between him and Trevor Lawrence coming up who's their next big-time quarterback, who's the number 2 player in America? There's there's some there is some navigating some that shifting got to math, do, yeah, right? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because uh if if a kid shows up early in like Hunter Johnson, five-star quarterback, he's there on the spring practice. Do you want to be red shirted like are you cool with the um oh yeah, you know what? I'll just wait till next spring. miss
0: my prom just to sit on the bench for a year yeah, I, I'm tell, yeah no I, and and this is the other thing as we talk about these quarterback battles. keep in mind too the new the new hotness in college football is just announcing it as if there's a quarterback battle just to to extend the competition as long as possible so that your backup doesn't transfer. Because nowadays the, these coaches they just want to make sure that they're because quarterbacks are going to transfer if they're not starting, and so now they want to make sure that they have the the illusion of a competition so that they ha- Ooh, continue to have their depth heading yeah. into the season. So that's not that not that I think Hunter Johnson is any risk of transferring. you don't know, win the job, but I don't know maybe Zarek Cooper does. I right. mean, who's that? That's that's I think something to keep an eye on in a few of these battles.
1: Is Trevor La- Trevor Lawrence is committed?
0: Trevor Lawrence is committed. Yeah. He is, he's right now at 24 7 sports. He's the number two player in America, but he could very easily finish number one. Uh, he He's, he is a, he's a dude.
1: Love it. Uh, in North Carolina, I'm feeling Brandon Harris. I think, I think that he's going to go out there against Cal, and I think he's going to have a chance to play well enough against Cal to, you know, put away any concerns. I'm, I'm, I am not, uh, thinking that, there is anyone else, like, no Chaz Surratt, no little young Buck Elliott. Like, nobody else has given me confidence in that quarterback room right now. It's Brandon Harris or Bust for the Tar Heels.
0: Hey, I, I thought Nathan Elliott was sort of supposed to be a pretty good player, and I watched the North Carolina spring game, and Uh-oh. no boy. Bueno. <laughs> <laughs> that was not – I did not find any confidence uh. in that one. So, that, you're, that's your neck of the woods. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that, like, Harris makes the most sense. I – as a, as a just fan of humanity, I kind of hope Brandon Harris has a good year because that kid had a rough go of it at LSU. In-state kid, offense that didn't fit him and really talented, but just couldn't get it figured out. And now I think he's in an offense that does fit him and I hope they give him a chance to be successful. I think they will. Uh, but man, I mean, he, cause that dude can sling the rock. I mean, he can stroke it.
1: There's another graduate transfer, uh, where I think that there was some, some belief, especially the way that the transfer process went, uh, that Malik Zaire was gonna come right in and boy, the recent word out of Florida's camp suggests that not only is Malik Zaire not necessarily the guy and he's not gonna come in as like the definite favorite to get the job, but there's just uncertainty all around on who's going to be Dude, the starter, right? What a mess,
0: man. Oh, hey, if you're listening to the 24-7 sports college football podcast, you did not hear any Malik Zaire hype in this house, <laughs> right? Like no, we, that's true. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. exposed that, uh, I believe early on in our show. I hope we did, if I remember correctly, because I, I was certainly on the anti-Zaire train. Haters can check the tape. <laughs> yeah. They can
1: check the tape yeah. on that one. I'm pretty sure you definitely came out. Uh, I'm. I I, I might have been lukewarm. I know that you came out very much not thinking that he was going to be the guy.
0: And so here's here's the reset on on where things stand at Florida. Is okay. It's a it's a real competition now. This was a kid that the buzz suggest. What we were sort of hearing was
1: actually the only person who was on it was Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow believed in Malik Zaire.
0: He did, didn't he? Did yeah. we ask him? Yeah. Yeah. We,
1: we asked <laughs> Tim Tebow on the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast about the Florida quarterback competition, and Timmy Tebow was all about Malik Zaire. Claimed he knew him personally and said that he was going to bring it.
0: Well, he, he's he got that lefty love. You know, those oh, guys yeah. stick together. And I'll give Zaire this, man. He's got a great personality, and I can see him being a likable guy. and wanted to root for him. But I, I I wasn't feeling that, and 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 he may still win the job. Like that's this is this is a, I think what we have now is a real competition, whereas before it was it was a propped up competition that was supposed to just run its course until Malik Zayer got the job. Because when they when he transferred in, I am convinced that they told him you're you're going to be the guy because they just got done with spring ball. They saw what they had in Luke Del Rio. Reportedly, they weren't p- super thrilled with with how Felipe Franks right. looked at spring practice, and and now here we are, and everyone's counting Luke Del Rio out. And over the weekend, the reports are that Luke Del Rio looked the best of anybody in the spring game or in the scrimmage.
1: Don't uh, count out Grandpa, who's <laughs> on his seventh school in five years. <laughs> Hey, he's the one guy in that, in that threesome
0: between Felipe Franks and Zaire that you can count on at least know the offense. Right? You know, and he's, he's got that stuff squared away, so. And now today I'm seeing some, some tweets or reports that Felipe Franks is running with the ones. Man, what a, I mean, what a mess.
1: It's giving me so much less confidence. And the th- funny thing is, Florida's been a mess at the quarterback position and still won the SEC East the last two years under Jim McElwain. but boy, it's like there's only but so long you can you can ride those kind of heaters at the table before uh, before the tides are going to turn. And I mean, we should
0: probably remind ourselves that Luke Del Rio was winning games with Florida last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't the reason they were winning games, but they were at least they were, you know they were capable. Um, but man, I, I don't know. Like this is this it's just it's just going to be more of the same. And we won't dig into all this, but I mean, the seven suspensions. Including Antonio Callaway, Uh, I am disappointed to see now those seven suspensions and see the line move because now that, you know, now my Michigan pick is going to look less expert and more just riding with public, but I do not see Florida beating Michigan in that game with, with their quarterback situation and Callaway out. And, uh, it's just, it, like you said, with, with every week, I feel less and less confident <laughs> in Florida. <laughs>
1: Uh, man the uh, the the only thing the only thing sharper than running a, a card cracking scam is to uh, <laughs> to place the under bet on Florida and Michigan before <laughs> before so before they announce that Antonio Callaway the one person who can generate explosive plays right yeah right yeah uh, all right so at Miami uh, there is Malik Rozier but there's Nikosi Perry. We think Nikosi Perry is going to be the guy eventually, and I think that we've talked about that uh, in referencing Miami during our ACC shows, that um, you know, by the end of the season, it wouldn't be surprising if he was the guy. But the reports aren't just coming from camp. They're also coming from the players. People like what they've seen out of Perry. I feel like Mark Richt as a coach – I could be totally wrong with this read. I feel like Mark Richt as a coach might be hesitant – to throw Perry out there, you know, week one, um, but I think he's got to be in the mix, right? Excuse
0: me, a little cough there. Yeah, I I think he absolutely is, and and my read is is that everybody wants him to be the guy. Everybody thinks, like, is hoping he can be the guy, and and it's just a matter of whether they've just got the confidence to pull the trigger. To me, the only question with that one, I. I My suspicion is that they would like for Malik Rozier to be the guy. I don't know about like, but I could see a scenario where they, where Malik Rozier starts the season. He plays Bethune Cookman for the first half. Nikosi Perry plays. Maybe they just even rotate possessions for, for Bethune Cookman. Arkansas State, you know, maybe Malik Rozier gets them a W there. And then Rozier goes and sort of wades into the fire against Florida State. And and, maybe, and if he can win them that game, they ride ride him. But if if things start going south, if they pull a uh, you know uh, a Sam Darnold over Max Brown move or a, a Jalen Hurts over Blake Barnett move. Yeah. And and they and they throw in the youngster and and just see what happens. And then he's and then it's and then it's a no pressure situation because he's the backup. He's coming in. If he if he loses, it's no big deal because they're already behind the eight ball. Uh, and then let him ride it out the rest of the way. Cause after Florida State, then it, you know, then it's less brutal. You got Toledo Duke, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, UNC. Like, then, then he can start to grow into the role a
1: little that bit. That reminds me of like Deshaun Watson's first year, where Cole Stout was the starter against Georgia. Cole Stout, man. And he was, uh, he was out there for the beginning. Deshaun goes out there for a stretch of games during the ACC season, the middle chunk, plays like Carolina and NC State. Uh, a couple other – I think he plays six games and throws for like 350 yards a game. Just right. lights him up before he injures his knee near the end of the season uh, and gets shut down. I think he had like wrist injury, knee injury. Got a little bit banged up. Yeah. But it was the same thing where Watson saw action against Georgia, but it was a a slowly break him into the season.
0: Because the, ske- the schedule allows for a kind of a succession plan. And if they lose to Florida State, it's not the end of the world. And it's a schedule where they're capable of winning out. So I almost – you know, we'll see. I guess there's nothing to lose for starting Perry against Bethune Cookman and Arkansas State too. But I guess I feel like if you're pulling him, if you're bringing Perry in mid game against Florida State, you you remove a lot of the pressure from him. So that will be interesting to see how they handle that.
1: We had Shay Dixon uh, from 24/7 Sports on, and one of the you know we asked for a checkup on Danny Etling. Um, you know, he was he was looking a little bit healthier. Uh, there was some confidence that he might be able to, to be in a position to, to be successful with Matt Canada in place. Barton, I was, I was just, just flew into, uh, the Sunshine State, Sunny Fort Lauderdale, just flying into the CBS Sports digital offices. And you tell me Danny Etling could be in trouble.
0: <laughs> I don't, we'll see, but there's starting to be a little bit of Miles Brennan buzz. Like he, he took some reps with the, the ones today or over the weekend or something and and so he is i mean he's 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 the two he's the number 2 guy now and speaking of you know guys transferring out because of of preseason uh happenings uh Lindsey Scott Jr is is now gone from LSU he's transferring out because he was there one of the guys battling for that backup job and Miles Brennan has sent him packing it seems like uh so i i, I think Miles Brennan like a couple of these other ones we've talked about, he is the quarterback of the future, at LSU. No question. Uh, is he? Can he win the trust of the team? Is he the guy? Is he physically ready right now? I don't know the answer to those questions, but he's he's more talented than Danny Etling. And so, what kind of trust can he earn over the next two weeks? Uh, we'll, we'll see. But it, at the very least, he's making things. A little even more interesting maybe than I even expected.
1: See, and that's another one where you gotta look at the opener and I don't know if you throw him out there against BYU.
0: Yeah. BYU is sick. Yeah. <laughs> that, BYU will
1: crush a young, inexperienced quarterback.
0: Yeah, and they may there may be a couple of like uh underneath the pile, you know, a couple eye gouges or something going on there. <laughs> Just I mean, those dudes don't mess around. That would be a scary one to roll into. Is that a is that a Away game too. It's Houston. I think okay. it's. I think it's, it's one of those like yeah, neutral sites. Yeah, I mean that. That's again. I think when you look at when I mean after BYU, it's a trickier schedule for LSU. I mean they got Chattanooga, at Mississippi State is a tough game, <sighs> than Syracuse Troy, and then they hit the you know that that just
1: the gauntlet, murderer's road, yeah, yeah, Florida yeah, Auburn
0: yeah. Mississippi. So. Yeah, I think that this could be another situation where you just sort of look and see if if maybe there's a, a a more subtle way to to fold him in and 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 weave him into the playing time. But but man, I mean, I think that if if Miles Brennan is the the starter for LSU mid season, I don't know. I don't know if that's a I don't know if that's a good. It's thing not a good sign. Yeah, yeah,
1: I agree. I think that I would like to hope that maybe. uh the reports of Brennan who is the quarterback of the future I would like to think that reports of him um taking snaps at the one might be that we're we're treating uh Danny Etling with bubble wrap right now yeah
0: yeah I think I mean cuz I I do think the best case scenario for LSU is Danny Etling is is serviceable yeah is is becomes a version of Nathan Peterman for Matt Canada and I think if they've got a sort of babysit a freshman all year under center. I don't know. They, they've got too much talent to need to do that, I feel like.
1: I agree. Yeah. 100%. All right. Our award-winning closing segment question of the day. The question of the day is favorites or the field? This is a very interesting uh, prop. We were talking about props and prop bets earlier. Bet online has released some season-long props, and it is well, what I would like consider, Barton, to be the ultimate set of bar bets. You know, when you're sitting around with your buddies – uh, enjoying some cold beverages, and you're like, all right, if I'm going to give you um, Alabama and Ohio State and you get every other team in college football, who you taking in the 2017 season? So we've got some of those versus the field. I, I want to run through them real quick. Uh, Alabama and Ohio State against the field, again, just those two teams, and then the other 128 in FBS college football, uh, the field is favored slightly. Uh, at minus 175 plus 145 to Alabama and Ohio State, but telling Barton that that's pretty close to even odds. Right. Just for Alabama and Ohio State. Right. You throw in USC. They're calling it the big three versus the field. Alabama, Ohio State and USC against the field. Even odds. 50% chance that the national champion will come from that group of three than from the entire field. Do you feel like that's fair?
0: I think the Alabama, Ohio, like
1: you think the Alabama, Ohio State's probably closer.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. USC doesn't doesn't change things dramatically for me when you throw them in there. I, I don't know that. I mean, I, trust me, I get USC as a as a title contender, but I'm not quite sure I'm there yet with them being sort of in that that sure thing realm of of Alabama, Ohio State. Is is that? Are you? On that train,
1: I, I would put Florida State with Alabama and Ohio State in thinking about uh, like if I'm trying to do the three teams that I've got the most confidence in well, maybe to go and win Clemson. the national championship.
0: Like, maybe even Clemson. I don't know. Maybe not Clemson. But here's the way I would look at it. I think when I look at like the CBS Sports Top 130, I look at I think the the teams that are capable of winning national titles stops at. At number fourteen, ooh! So you go all the way to fourteen, and that's because that I would include. So, like when I look at the national champions, in like retro, like in retrospect, I mean Clemson. I predicted they would win it in sixteen. Bama, drop it. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Bama. uh, I don't know if I predicted it, but certainly I wasn't shocked when they won at fifteen. Ohio State. I was, but in a, in a, in the, in the same way that w- Michigan this year would be a surprise. Like they, no one doubted their talent, but there's, was it, was this going to, were they going to be ready this year when Ohio State won it in, in 14? Uh, you know, I think Florida State in 13 oh, those Bama teams in 12 and 11. Like, I guess my point is it's pretty rare that a team, now a team you don't, don't expect might make it to the,
1: uh, I, yeah, see, I, th- I think my playoff list goes to about 12 or 13, but I think when it comes to getting to the playoff and then winning two of those games, like, from what we've seen right. in some of the – because, like, there's even the – you know, you've got your Ohio State of last year. You've got um the – I guess it was the Oklahoma team the year before. You've got Michigan State, like – some teams oh yeah you feel you're like oh man dude they deserve their spot in the playoff they show up and they get pantsed. Right, You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I think that for example, I think Wisconsin is a playoff capable team.
0: But they would get to the playoffs and <laughs> They'd get, get stopped. Pantsed. Yeah. <laughs> They'd yeah, get stopped. yeah. I'm with you there.
1: I I and so like when I'm trying to draw my line for like legit national championship contenders, like I'm kind of in this uh, you know
0: I would put I would go Alabama. Ohio. Like my bet would be Alabama, Ohio State, and not the field. To to mm. where I mean, you you're looking at me like you were about to go the other direction.
1: Nah, because all right. So um, Alabama and Ohio State, when they stand on the field against anybody else in the country, are more talented. Yes. Like one to eighty-five, all the way through. So much more talented,
0: and you need the one to eighty five. You don't need the one to twenty two. No, and the, and the that's national ch- that's where, championship. Yeah, that's game. where like
1: Washington of last year is like playoff, sure, yeah. but they're not one to eighty five.
0: Right, right, and so that's a big part of it. Is and so when you look at the other teams that can just stand next to those guys from a talent perspective, Florida State, USC, Clemson, you know.
1: I'm not putting a single Big Twelve team in out there.
0: Yeah, I mean Oklahoma is the only one that that can sniff it. But I'm, I mean, I, I I'm with you. I can't really get there. Uh, you know, you could maybe argue Auburn.
1: I can't. I can't argue Auburn because <laughs> I can't consider a reality where Alabama is not going to win the SEC this year.
0: Well, can you consider a reality where Alabama loses? Loses in the Iron Bowl. Yes, certainly. Right. Yes. And so then all you got to all you got to argue is can Auburn take care of their business before the no. Iron Bowl? <laughs>
1: that's that's where the lack of no, faith comes. No, out. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alabama would get in like Ohio State did last year, where they didn't win their division, they didn't play in the conference championship game. Right. But college football selection committee is sitting back like. <laughs> but y'all know they're better, right? <laughs> like, like the last year, College Football Playoff Selection Committee was like, Penn State, hot team, great story. They're going to the Rose Bowl. Ohio State, pack your bags. You're going to the playoff. Like, I th- I think that beca- because we are dealing with this entirely subjective, like, playoff system and the playoff committee and everything else, I think it's Alabama, Ohio State, Florida State.
0: USC. I mean –
1: yeah, I guess you got it. You I it. Mean, Sam Darnold could Sam Darnold I don't could come out and just be like
0: Heisman. You know what the the camp camp buzz jingle was from uh this weekend at, at USC was the offense could not move the ball on the defense.
1: Offense can not move the ball the yeah. defense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so there there's, you know. So
1: That's it which, you know, does, are you taking that as encouragement?
0: Uh I did
1: say that USC's linebackers are some of my top Five it's favorite true. position groups in the country. You know
0: what I took that was? was a was a little splash of cold water, like, let's not go overboard with Sam Darnold yet. Mm. Because he was unbelievable in the Rose Bowl, and he was really good all year. But, you know, maybe we should just, like, wait before we anoint him Heisman Trophy winner, number one overall draft pick, and national champion. Let's just, like, take it one step at a time. All right,
1: so realistic national championship contenders. Are you going to put USC on the list?
0: Yeah, no, I, I think they are. But okay. I, but I guess my point is, I still call it Alabama, Ohio State, and everyone else. And then everyone else is Florida State, USC, Clemson, maybe Auburn. Maybe Michigan. Maybe Michigan. Yeah. Maybe, I think, I think maybe Stanford. Ooh. I don't know, I, I can't no, see Stanford. No, that's no, that's, no. One, of the, that's <laughs> one of the, that's one of the playoff teams <laughs> that get stopped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's too, it's like, when you say, Clay, it's like when you open the segment, you're like, Alabama-Ohio State versus the field. That's not – it's really – it's like Ohio State-Alabama versus the other five. Right. You know?
1: And who's going to – because we assume that four of those teams, more or less, or three of them with another rando, is going to be in the playoff. Right. And then you just got to outlast everybody. Right.
0: And that's when that's when those five stars start coming off the bench, and those things matter. <laughs>
1: you know? Oh man, I'm fired up about it. Uh, Barton, thank you so much. Follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip Underscore Patterson. Make sure that you subscribe to the twenty four seven Sports College Football Podcast because subscribers get them first. Barton, we're gonna go and hang out for a little bit, and then be back in here for videos and meetings and another podcast. You down?
0: Don't be hungover tomorrow, man.
1: Hey, I'm always fresh. <laughs>